0: Let's get sweaty.
1: Hello and welcome to the Shenmue Dojo Show. Today we will be recapping and discussing Shenmue the Anime Episode 5, Equal. I am James Brown and as per usual, joined by everyone's favourite dojo co-owner, Mr Matthew Oliver. How's it going, man?
0: Yeah, not too bad. How's it going?
1: Not too bad myself. What have you been up to?
0: Um, worked mental, started a new job, so that's that's causing me all sorts of headaches. <laughs> um, I'm playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I'd recommend it. It's really damn okay. good, actually.
1: Is it as good as the first, would you say?
0: say so it's better, better than the first, actually. Um, I keep getting distracted by side quests. <laughs>
1: okay. as <laughs> easy to do in that game. I mean, I got the first one, completed it, didn't complete the DLC, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, to be fair. It's a game I'd probably be picking up at some point.
0: Yeah, it's decent, proper decent when game. I'm going to
1: find a bit of time to play anyway, that is. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's the fine thing, finding the time.
1: I mean, other than that, Matt, kickstarter magazine's been funded
0: yep looking good
1: which not long after we finished the last podcast actually that was funded so (laughs) that's that's quality so shemu world issue 2 if you didn't know what i was on about there it's been funded on kickstarter there's still like 24 days left at the time of recording so don't miss out if you want to head over there and check it out The, the link will be in the show notes shemu dojo's unofficial shemu fan magazine and We've also raised, and I probably should have brought Titch into this before mentioning this, but we raised £351.57 for special effect, Matt.
0: Yeah, we did. Um, hell of an effort. Absolutely hell of an effort from everybody involved, actually. Absolutely crazy amount of money. We beat last year's total as well by some distance. I'm, I'm really pleased by that. And a special effect are a hell of a cause. Obviously, obviously the three of us streamed on the Sunday. It was a bit of a bumper stream for me and you. <laughs> I think we did about four hours in the end. True. And then um, and yeah. Titch streamed again on Thursday, just gone as, as we are recording this. And, and again, I think added to the total. So it's just a crazy, crazy amount that we've managed to put away this year for, for a really good cause.
1: Insane, really. And special effect. I think they're always taking donations and stuff. So even though they'd, they they put this Game Blast event on, if uh, it's a cause that you're interested in, go check it out and you know, give them a bit of a hand because they do some amazing work over there and as just mentioned along for the anime discussion ride with us as always is Titch Life. She's in the house. How are you doing? Hello
2: yeah I'm doing great thanks. Yeah how are you doing?
1: Doing all right as well thank you. How's your day been?
2: (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Well as nice as the weather's been outside I've mostly been inside editing. I've got the bug for it again so you know (laughs) may as well get on with it while I'm into it again. So what you've
1: been editing like youtube videos or yeah
2: youtube stuff i'll have a yakuza let's play up next week and i'm currently working on i posted it on twitter before i'd finish building the hazuki residence in sims 4
1: the sims that looks really cool by the way
2: (laughs) thank you yeah so uh, that'll be coming soon i'm not sure when but when i've finished editing that that'll be out too
1: how are you finding Yakuza series so far that you've played?
2: I'm loving it. Yeah, it's a lot more violent than I expected because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm used to sort of peaceful, <laughs> relaxing games. But yeah, it's really entertaining. I'm really enjoying it and I'm, I'm really enjoying the uh, side quests as well. All the mm. silly little games you do. It, it does remind me of Shenmue in that aspect.
1: Yeah, I suppose when someone says like, if you like Shenmue, go play Yakuza and then like in the first two minutes someone's getting their head blown off <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a bit of a contrast I suppose in that sense
2: yeah it's a total shock but I think all the little you know that exploration you can do in playing arcade games that's very reminiscent of Shenmue isn't it
1: yeah, yeah definitely right guys so jumping straight into the show let's start with a brief recap of last week's episode Matt can you take us away
0: I can indeed I'll try and keep it as brief as I can do because we want to get into Episode four, Shackles kicks off with Rio needing money for Hong Kong. He goes to ask son for some money, finds her doing what looks like the finances, and there's lots of minus numbers on the calculator. She sort of sighs to herself, and Rio sort of stood there looking a bit forlorn in the doorway. Fuku san no- notices this and gets him into his room and gives him his piggy bank, which is very reminiscent of the scene in the games. Rio obviously thanks him for it. Takes it to his room, counts all the money out in his room, along with his own sort of building society book where he's got a load of money in his bank account, which is actually the exact same amount that's in the games. Just as a side point, realizes he's got nowhere near enough and has to work out what to do next. It cuts to the harbour. Rio gets off the bus and our good friend Goro meets him off the bus, sort of wondering what he's doing. Um, he calls Rio bro. Rio's like, why you calling me bro? I don't like don't like that. He's I'm showing respect. They have a conversation. Rio says, oh, I need some money. Goro goes, Oh, we'll go and jack somebody up for some money. Rio grabs him, says, I don't know, I need like you know, honest work. And then he cuts to the harbour cafeteria lunchroom where they're talking to Mai. is quite surprised that Goro and Mai know each other, and Goro's surprised that Rio knows Mai, so it's a quite a funny little scene. Uh, she slaps him with the Goro with a clipboard as well. I swear to God, this she just enjoys beating Goro, <laughs> as you'll see also in this. Very violent. Yeah, very violent. She suggests Alpha Trading Company for a job. So Rio goes and speaks to Yadassan, gets a the job. They call Mark over to basically show Rio the ropes. Mark's very cold at this point, not particularly interested. He sort of goes, here's your forklift, get on with the job. So Rio sort of having... An issue with the forklift. Uh, a guy calls him over to drop a box off. He slams his foot on uh, on the accelerator, bumps it into reverse, and people are a bit upset about it. Cuts to a scene very shortly after that where Rio's finished for the day. He meets Goro, and they're sort of talking. Goro's like, oh, when are you going to some money the party? Rio's like, well, not really what I'm into. And then Goro goes, well, right, I'll show you around the harbour. So they have like a montage of some harbour places, including the best place to take a leak. Of course. And it cuts to a really awesome shot of the harbour with, with sun setting with Goro and Ryo stood at the corner. And it cuts to a scene where uh, you've got the number 10 written in chalk on the floor, which is very important later. And Goro says, oh, it's a, like a message board to let people know where the empty, empty warehouses are. So we can go party. It then cuts to the next day. And Rio's back at work, struggling with his forklift. And I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, he drives into some racking and sort of sits and sighs to himself. And you can see sort of Mark sat there looking at him, going, nah, I'm not gonna help him. Quite cold again, just sort of wanders off. Uh, you then get another scene as it's happening, uh, with Nozomi at the Hazuki Dojo asking for Rio. Fukusan tells tells her that he's at work and she's a bit confused as to why he's working and sort of bunking off school to go go work for this job. So she's a bit a bit worried about him. Goes back to the harbour. Uh, Rio again has finished the day. Goro comes up to him and gives him a coffee. And they have a conversation about sort of Rio's motivations, what's going on. But before that, Goro sort of talks a little bit about his past, that his father bailed on him when he was a kid and sort of almost influenced the way that Goro was in terms of you know beating people up for money. Rio says, oh, I'm, I'm looking for the Mad Angels. Do you know how I can get in touch with them? Uh, Goro's like, what 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 do you want to get in touch with those guys for, sort of thing. Quite worried about it. And all the way this is happening, Mark hears the whole conversation. So he's a bit like, hmm, what's this? You know, he's a bit more intrigued in Rio at this point. It then cuts off again to, I believe, the next day. Rio is, again, forklifting, not having a good time. He stacks some crates in the racking at an angle, which we know in the games is quite easy to do. Mark walks in and helps him out, which is a bit of a change to the way he was previously. It then sort of moves off from Rio working, and Rio goes, Oh, why well, did you start teaching me properly? And Mark's like, Go home, you've got an early start. It cuts then to a scene with Rio and Guizang and Rio's like, oh, I thought you were done with us. And actually, it's, it's sort of reminiscent of a scene. Where you have Guizang talk to Master Chen about what Rio had been saying. And should he still be tailing him as a bodyguard? And Master Chen saying, "No, we're done. It's a shame to fail, You and the zoo. So Rio and Guizang have a bit of a spar, and Guizang teaches Rio the swallow dive, and he does it because he would be doing the same thing as Rio at this point, uh, which is obviously trying to look for clues for his father's death. It then moves very quickly into a scene with Zomy in the street, and they move over to the park. Rio tells her what he's doing. And she's like, well, if you need to do it, go and do it sort of thing. Rhea goes, oh, you want me some advice? And she said, oh, don't worry about it. It can wait. Goes again. Uh, Rhea's back at work, working away. Not a huge amount happening. It then cuts to the... Uh, where am I? I've lost my trail of thought. I'm trying to do this all from memory. It's clever. It's really not-
1: That's crazy, mate, if you're doing this from memory. Because I was going to say it's <gasps> 10 minutes so far.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. 10-minute recap. It then comes back... And Mark is being beaten up by uh, the Mad Angels, which I believe happens after the last day of work here. Uh, Rio sort of runs over and goes, What's going on? And Mark tells him to do a runner. They go, Hang on a minute, that's Rio Hazuki. Basically, Rio takes them all out and asks you know, Mark what's going on. And Mark says, Actually, him and Rio are very similar that Mark's looking for his brother who's joined the Mad Angels. Obviously, Rio's linked with them because of his father's death. Um, then, sort of, cuts over. You've got a scene a uh, bit, bit further back where Goro and Maya are in Nozomi's flower shop, and Goro wants to buy some flowers for a while's grave because he wants to put some, you know, pay his respects. Um, they then start talking about Ryo going after the Mad Angels, and Nozomi overhears this and then very quickly gets told to go and deliver some flowers to one of the bars. She goes and does this, asks the barman about mad angels he's like i'm not going to tell you a girl like you shouldn't be looking for them she goes and does it anyway gets captured which is sort of feeds into what's going to happen next mad angels turn up at rio's house to say we've got nozomi get your ass down to warehouse 17 or we're going to make a cry he boots the guy off the bike um, and then steals it to get end up at the um, warehouse 17 meets terry for the first time he says right basically take out guizang and we'll give the girl back and the last couple of scenes are Guizang and Rio fighting. They take each other out using the swallow dive. Terry stood over them going, ha ha ha, is mine now. And then that's the end of the show.
1: Wow. And just before that, he scribbled out 10 and put
0: 17. He did. I missed a very Patrol. important point there, actually. Um, yep. Just before that fight kicks off, and, and I mentioned this point this, earlier on, he, may, he turns the chalked off 10 to a 17 to alert somebody, we presumed Goro, that... Basically, something's going down. So that's a quite an important plot point, which I conveniently missed out.
1: <laughs> I was going to say that, man. That, that's why I was on about the other week. You've got such a good memory to be do, doing that all off the top of your head. That, that's bonkers.
0: Brain hurts now.
1: That's like your longest recap ever. I think
0: <laughs> probably is. In fairness, <laughs> try to keep. You it might brief. as well
1: just do the rest of the episode like that, and then we can go like, 10, 10 minute episodes <laughs> <Done>. moving forward. <laughs> Done and dusted. No, no. So. Yeah, very good, man. So, that moves us nicely into the latest episode, which we've just finished watching. And I'm going to start with the synopsis here. So, again, this is called Episode 5 Equal. So, Ryo is forced to fight Guizang Chen from the Chen family to save Nozomi, who the Mad Angels have taken as a hostage. In the hopes that Goro can find Ryo's secret message, he fights Guizang Chen. The fight ends with Ryo and Guizang both getting wounded and defeated when Goro has all but given up hope. So... That's kind of a synopsis of the episode you just said, (laughs) in a way, just because of what happens in this episode is kind of like a continuation from that point.
0: Yeah, it's very much a lead on, isn't it, from what we've had in episode four?
1: Yeah, which we'll get into that in a moment. But um, just overall thoughts on this particular episode, Titch. What did you like? What did you dislike, if anything?
2: (laughs) It was a roller coaster ride, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was very fast paced and it covered a lot. And there was, there was a lot of things I liked about it, but there was a few things that I was sort of sad about that we mm. sort of miss. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you know we might see in the future as flashbacks. But all in all, I was just like, oh, I need to lie down after this. <laughs> it, it just sort of it it took me everywhere. So you know it was all very exciting, and then it was also very sad. Yeah, it was wonderful.
1: Yeah, I think roller coaster's is a good word to use actually because it you know it's. One second it's fast-paced and then it winds down a little bit and then we've got some heartfelt scenes and then you've got action again. So yeah, a bit of tops and the episode. What, what were your thoughts, Matt?
0: Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with Titch on this one. I thought overall it was an excellent episode. We've got some really nice scenes in there which we're obviously going to talk about in some detail in a minute. I was disappointed that um, there's certain elements that we were talking about last week in terms of the boat that I don't think we may get anymore. that. That was a bit gutting. Um, I'm going to make a formal complaint that they didn't play Wish. Um, <laughs> completely and utterly disgraceful. Um, cancel the show right now. It's, it, it, come on. <laughs> no. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the fighting was very well done. I thought it was very well animated. I thought it started off quite slowly, then probably a third of the way in. It went really quick. It you know, Bang, bang, plot point, plot point, plot point. But it gave some nice characterization to sort of the side characters a little bit and how they helped Rio and how it all came together really nicely. I thought they did it very well. I I would have liked maybe a little bit more with Rio leaving in terms of like certainly the Hazuki dojo bit, the bit with Nozomi, which we'll come to, was um, that punched me in the feels a little bit actually. I felt I, felt, I feel really sorry for her. But overall, yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. What about yourself, James?
1: Same, agree with both of you guys. Just. Like you say, there's these a few things they kind of brushed over, perhaps skipped, which didn't affect the narrative. But as, you know, Shenmue fans going from the games, it would have been nice to, to have seen. But again, we'll, we'll get into that when we, when we yeah. start breaking down these scenes in a moment. Right then, guys, let's get stuck into the nitty gritty. So we've got some fabulous show notes again from Titch. So this time around, we didn't get any opening scene. It just jumps straight into the opening titles, which is a little bit unusual, but you'll see why, because they seem very pressed for time in this episode, so um, any fluff, I guess, they didn't need to include at the start there, so they just jumped straight in. So at the opening scene, we've got the Rio and Guizang fight, so it's kind of continuing from where the last episode left off, although in the last scene of the last episode, Rio and Guizang were both unconscious, so it seems to have gone back in time slightly, And they're now continuing to fight. First thing we see is Ryo lunging towards Guizang with a punch, which Guizang deflects, and then they continue fighting. Mad Angels watching in the background in awe of their skill and start thinking about betting on the outcome, actually. So nice little interaction there. We've got people betting on Chen and someone betting on Hazuki. Terry ignores their chatter and watches the fight intently. Whilst still fighting, Ryo thinks to himself, please, I hope that you get the message. That's the um, the chalk writing that he did, where he changed the zero to a seven. He's hoping that someone will spot that. And yeah, he did that where he, Goro recommended Rio take a leak, if you remember that from the last episode. <laughs> he did, which then cuts to the uh, the leak spot actually, and Goro's seen shivering, stumbling over. To his favourite toilet spot in the harbour whilst doing his business. He noticed that the number on the floor is 17 which, as he's reading that, he's like oh yeah, great, You know, there's, there's a party somewhere. But then, as soon as he sees the seven, he realises that, that that is the warehouse of the Mad Angels hideout and instead starts to panic. And we get quite a lot of funny scenes from Goro where he's, he's panicked, sort of he's he's a crazy character anyway in, in general, but very much um, emphasised in the anime.
0: Goro, I mean, Goro... I... We'll find as we go on. He get he he's he's more essential here than I think. Even in the games, you sort of talk to him a bit in the games. He sort of struts around. It's about all he does. I think here they've they've obviously made an active decision to, I think, close some of those arcs a little bit. Like with Goro, obviously seeing seeing the warehouse seventeen bit on the floor. And if you think back to the previous episode where they were in the flower shop, and he saw Nozomi. so it's it was planting those seeds quite early on in in. So what i say early on you know you know what i'm saying it was planting those seeds for for goro to get involved in some way shape or form it's just then obviously how involved he got and what, what his actions were which obviously we're going to talk about in a minute but i thought it was quite quite nicely done he turned it into sort of your typical anime comedic character i mean p- pissing on his own foot for christ's sake <laughs> it did <laughs> make me laugh but it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. very anime comedy type thing which i have no issue with it um and actually sort of fits Goro in his, in his character. He's quite comedic, isn't he, in his interactions and the way he, he walks around and talks. So, yeah, I quite liked him and the way they did it. Yeah,
1: they, they, you know, they have to have a com- comedy character, I suppose. Just thinking out loud here, who, who do you think is the comedic character in Shemu 2?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think Fang sort of fit that role potentially. Um, mm mm-hmm. But that's—I'm just getting off the top of my head. Titchy, you Maybe got any Ren, ideas? I suppose. Ren, Ren yeah, Ren could be a bit.
2: Oh, I'm gonna throw it out there and say Yuan's bird.
1: Johan's bird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the minor bird. Yeah, yeah that, that would yeah. cause a bit of a, a few yeah, comedy that, moments, <laughs> i of
2: Isn't there a bit where Ren gets it to say uh, stupid Don Do News? Yes, that's Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good call. Good call. Let me cut to, actually, that the, the Mad Angels hideout, Warehouse 17, and two of Terry's henchmen are still inside watching over Nozomi, albeit looking sleepier as the night goes on. This is where Goro notices a back door on the warehouse that's been left ajar, so he approaches it and appears inside, and he notices and recognises Nazomi. So that kind of ties into that plot we got from the previous episode where him and Myra in the flower shop, and uh, there was a bit of context there to who Nazomi was. So the henchmen start discussing why Terry thinks Rio has any chance of taking down Guizang, and they've got little confidence in Rio being able to finish Guizang, but capable enough to do damage to rip him a new one. So they're kind of hoping that they're going to, both going to hurt themselves enough and then they, they're going to step in and finish them both off kind of thing.
0: Yeah, which is pretty much the game's story arc, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and then Nozomi and Goro overhear this, and that, that kind of worries them, and uh, you know, they assume that Ryo is, is clearly in trouble.
2: So we start to see Goro frantically running and shouting towards Mai in the harbour cafeteria, and he's flinging his arms around. And she's still working at the lunch stand quite late in, into the evening, which uh, is interesting.
1: What time is this? Isn't it like, like one in the morning or something?
2: Yeah, I wonder if she has work shifts or something for like the late-night workers, I suppose. Yeah, I
1: suppose there is late-night staff, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, weird one. <laughs> so Goro throws his hands onto the, the stand that she's working at, and exclaims that Bro is in trouble, which is Rio. I might ask what's wrong, but then Goro starts trying to talk, and he's talking so fast he's just rambling on with a <laughs> load of gibberish, much like myself. <laughs> and she, and this, uh, this is a uh, rather interesting. So she slaps him across the face to calm down. So uh, yeah, that becomes a, a common occurrence in this episode. And eventually, Goro is finally able to speak clearly, and he tells Mai that it's the girl from the flower shop and that she's been nabbed by the mad angels. And he starts flapping around again and says that Rio's in major trouble and the mad angels have got him good. Mm. And then he asks Mai if he can use the payphone that's behind us to call the police, but she tells Goro that no one's going to take a knucklehead like him seriously. True. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he backs down and then they discuss what, what they can do next. And then Mai has a sudden brainwave and asks Goro to follow her and then they run out of the cafeteria.
1: Interesting. I guess no one's going to take over a job, though.
2: <laughs> she's no. just
1: leaving the harbour cafeteria. I suppose she's not going to get many patrons, though, I don't think, at that time. So.
2: No, I don't think that there was anyone in there other than... What's the, the lady called that works there? Yeah,
1: the the other lady. We noticed her in the background, actually. The... Yeah,
2: it
0: was a good, good spot on stream, that was, because you caught that before I did. It's an
1: Easter egg video, man. Uh, I don't know what her name is. I could probably look it up on Suka Pass, but... That's gonna take five minutes.
2: Who so.
1: no worries?
2: <laughs> Don't worry about it. So then we cut to outside Alpha Trading office where Maya and Goro have just made it there. And they're walking towards a couple of forklifts. And Goro asks why Maya's led them both to there. And then she actually gets on one of the forklifts herself. And she says that they should use them to smash up the mad angels. And then Goro starts backing away in disbelief, probably in shock that she's you now been being quite ballsy about it and sort of aggressive. <laughs> But as he's backing up, he st- actually stumbles into Mark, who asks him what they are doing in his really serious Mark tone, and he actually recognises Goro as Rio's friend.
1: I've just got the just got a name, so it was Tommy Maruyama.
2: Ah. If
1: anyone wants to look her up, to just in case you don't know what I'm on about context wise.
2: Yeah, good shout. Yeah, I can yeah. see her face now. <laughs> That's the
1: harbour dinner lady girl. Yeah, Bob.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so then we cut back to the Guizong and Rio fight, and Guizong is now running towards Rio with a powerful blow and Rio manages to deflect it. And then Rio's now looking a bit more tired and sweaty, so they're clearly sort of wearing themselves out and getting really exhausted. And he thinks to himself, I guess that Goro didn't get my message, because I, I assume he thought that Goro would just, you know, rock up and be his loud, brash self. But, yeah, I don't think he knows at this point that Goro is actually working behind the scenes for him. So then Guizong taunts Rio, asking if he... Still hasn't had enough of fighting with him. And then Guizong lunges at Ryo with a series of swift attacks, and he actually lands a punch into Rio's stomach, which sets Ryo right back. And at this point, it prompts Terry to call out to Rio, asking him to kick Guizong's ass already, so you know they're taking too long, and Terry's getting really impatient. And then he also reminds Ryo of what is at stake. So obviously that's Nozomi that's tied up in the warehouse. So this sort of enrages rio and he gets like a second wind because he's really angry and he starts running towards guizong with loads of punches and of course guizong sort of matching rio in his ability at this point he's blocking all these attacks but only just so yeah he's he's clearly being tested by rio's strength now and then they move backwards at this point and they run at each other with a swallow dive kick which is the move that guizong just taught Rio so they both do it to each other at the same time and then because they're both doing it at the same time they sort of cancel each other out and then they both fall down to the floor and then this sort of is the ending of the previous episode so we're now sort of back in time and back up to speed at this point because we then see Terry laughing and saying you know Yukoska is his for the taking.
1: Mm. It's interesting because from what we know a little bit later in the episode. They are actually going quite at it <laughs> each other. Proper punches and lunges and stuff and must be hurting both Rio and Guizang, some of the stuff that they're, they're pulling off here.
2: Yeah, I'm really surprised he had any energy for what's gonna come up for later in the episode.
0: <laughs> Good point. So we cut to a scene which isn't in the games, um, outside the Alpha Trading Office. Goro and Maya talking with Mark about Rio being in danger. And Maya asked Mark if he can borrow a forklift. And jumps on one to say, well, I'm going to drive it then. And Mark's like, do you know how to drive this thing? And she's like, no. He's like, right, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go and do it. Which, fair play to Mark. I think that's obviously they've established Rio and Mark's friendship over that work episode in Shackles in episode four, where obviously Mark was really cold. And actually, as things have gone on, he he understands what Rio's plight, if you like. He's been a bit more willing to help.
1: I quite like this comp coming together of these characters, by the way. Like they've uh, made them as a, a nice group of friends really, My guy and Mark now.
0: They have, and actually thinking about it, um, a while's last words, keep friends and those you love close to you. Mm. Um, it, it resonates actually. Now you mentioning that, she sort of triggered that thought yeah. in my head. Um it's very
1: They're all working together, aren't yeah, they? Too?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're working together to to help Rio and um, he hasn't asked for their help, really. I mean, he's hoped Goro has will find him, but he hasn't outwardly asked for the help. They're just doing it out of friendship, and I think that sort of resonates with the Wow's words um, quite quite well, alongside closing some of these character arcs of Mark, Goro, and Mike, which obviously we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I thought this is very well done overall. But it cuts now to the Mad Angels hangout, and there's sort of the sound of these banging metal and you see the doors getting dented and it's mark in the forklift ramming the shutters to the warehouse with the forklift and he breaks through and if you remember from one of the trailers we got early on you see this forklift powering through the warehouse and it's it's this scene uh he hurtles towards yep. the henchmen, pins them back uh, towards like, some sort of container the forklifts sort of penetrate this wooden container he backs up the forklift and leaves him sort of trapped. And you see them wetting themselves um, on the floor. <laughs> I thought I thought it was quite funny. Um, yeah, Gorham... nice little detail. Yeah, again, you not been too far. You've been almost Grand Theft Autoed with a forklift, so you're not going to be particularly chilled at this point. I
1: suppose if you if you've been guarding and there's no t- time for a toilet break, oh well. yeah, it's
0: game over, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah. Gorum, my run towards no- Nozomi to to free her and reassure her everything's okay, and Mark says through him get on the forklift to make their escape and you leave the henchmen sort of, pinned up at the container so outside the harbour now um goro mine is and mark speeding through the harbour on the forklift making their escape goro and Mai seem to be enjoying the ride especially goro he seems quite enjoying himself very goro type character there zomi seems and looks very worried very pensive very worried about what, what's happening Mark says that he's heading straight to the Hendricks Harbour, which is their escape route, and whilst doing so, they notice uh, Rio and Guizang on the floor across from the water. Mark stops the forklift. Goro gets off and runs towards the edge of the water, calling out to Rio. He falls to his knees, and the others leave the forklift to sort of run towards him. Goro sort of wishes he could help sooner, clearly thinking that Rio has been utterly defeated. But this sort of feeds into the aftermath of the Rio and Guizhang fight, where Terry, having seen Rio and Guizhang take each other out, is now instructing his henchmen to finish them off who are and they're lying on the floor. One of the henchmen obliges and gets the gets a baseball bat ready to take out Rio. It's slightly different from from the games where Terry has I think it's like some cement on a bar type thing in the game. It's a big um, bar which, thing,
1: yeah, metal bar. Yeah.
0: Which he tries to take them out with, whereas mm. here it's one of the one of the guys with the baseball bat. Uh, Rio jumps out of the way in the nick of time, and both him and Gleason get up and sort of run backwards. Uh, Rio's friends realize that he's okay and, and exclaim with glee with, uh, from across the water. Goro starts crying, thinking, I mean, rightly <laughs> thinking that, that you know, they've been defeated. And then I think this is slap number three at this Possibly. point. I'm not uh, counting, my, but
1: it's a my good chunk of slaps.
0: Cracks him across the back of the head for even having the thought that Rio was dead. I, f- I feel sorry for him. He's getting slapped around quite a lot here. He's going to have a lot of um, bruises tomorrow. He is. Rio and Guizang sort of stand side by side, complimenting each other's ability uh, and sort of give each other a knowing look. And Terry's henchmen are taken aback by their renewed strength, almost like they planned it. Yeah. Um, it's slightly different to the games here, actually. It, then, it shows a flashback to Rio and Guizang secretly talking to each other during the fight. And Rio tells Guizang it's a trap. And the Mad Angels are taking his own hostage and he needs to feed Guizang to get her back. So Guizang says to put on a show. And then it reveals they did the swallow dive to each other but never actually mm, hit each other. And there's yeah. this really well put together scene where it's all, the kick comes down past sort of, bar, 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 sort of, both their noses with like a little bit of space in between, a little bit of daylight. And they obviously fake going down. Mm. I liked it. Don't don't get me wrong. I thought it was more impactful in the game where Guizon kicks Rio in the face to take Rio down, and in Rio's sort of desperation, he throws like a flying kick up, and they take each other out
1: under the chin. I, yeah,
0: I, yeah. I the game feels more impactful here in that in that regard. I get it. It's very clever what they've done with the swallow dive and 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 sort of faking them out. But I, I, a minor criticism is I think the game did it better here. I think it I, it felt more impactful. So when they got up, I, it was almost like a shock that they got up. But, you know, they just smashed each other in the face and they'd taken each other out. Yeah, true. So they're having to, to dig deep. But, yeah, I liked it. But, I, like I said, I just think the game did this bit a bit better, personally.
1: Yeah, they did kind of do that in the game. He says, you know, pretend to lose. yeah. Terry will take me to Landy kind of thing. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, it was a lot more impactful in that, you know, actually hurting each other in the um, in the game, leaving them both out, co- well, not cold, but just on the floor. And um, it, it just showed that Guizang, even though under the circumstances, he knew he was meant to pretend f- for a reason kind of thing, he still had that kind of attitude, that kind of like, he wasn't going to let up regardless kind mm. of thing in the game. Whereas in this, he he kind of agrees with him straight away, and you know the plan plot this, if you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, 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 I do, and um, and I think I think Guizang in in the game, it's more almost like his pride almost gets in the way. Yeah. Whereas I think here he's he's more willing to listen. But yeah, I, as I say, I think just a different take on it. I mean, Titch, what did you think of it?
2: Yeah, there's a clear difference between Guizong and well, the Guizong in the anime that we've seen and the Guizong in the game. He is a lot more sort of he comes across as, like, he feels he's beneath Rio in the anime, whereas in the game, he sort of comes across that he's more above and, like, better than Rio. Mm. Well, I think, yeah, I agree that in the game it was sort of more impactful that they do actually sort of touch each other, but I suppose, because Terry and the Mad Angels are quite a way away, it's, you know, I, I, I was uh, in the belief that they actually did kick each other when they did go down. So I suppose, you know, that Terry and the Mad Angels being such a distance, they probably wouldn't have even noticed that they didn't touch one another. So I suppose they got away with it in that sense.
0: Yeah, I think it was cleverly done. And because they were so far away. So from a story perspective, it, it makes absolute sense. I just, I yeah, I just, it, again, as I say, it's not, it's not a major criticism. I think it's probably something that probably divided, I mean, divided the chat, actually, in the stream and how they sort of. Executed it. I thought they executed it very well, and the fight itself is excellent. The the Ryo fight is very well put together, very well choreographed. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. It didn't quite carry the same stakes for the 70 man battle, having sort of them almost you know, fake, fake a fight, essentially, to actually having a fight in the games, and they sort of have to pick themselves up. But we'll move on. Yeah,
1: we'll move on. And going forward, anyway, at least with the, the next part, of the Animation, everything, and the fighting scenes are quality now. So we've got the start of the 71 battle. So if you've played the video games, you know what we're talking about here. So Rio taunts the Mad Angels by shouting that he will never roll over for scum like them. Terry claims that he knew they would pull stupid shit like this and clicks his fingers, which is like kind of like the let me invite you to hell thing, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: So, Rio and Guizang are poised, ready to fight, as group's henchmen start making their way out of the shadows towards them. They are clearly outnumbered on a major scale. I didn't count, but we'll assume that there's 70 of them in the enemy as well.
0: Yeah, at least I reckon there's loads
1: <laughs> of them. So, Terry stands in front of the men, Rio and Guizang in the foreground, ready to take them on. Guizang claims that their little warm-up is over and that this is the real fight. So at this point, Rio's noticed his friends from across the water. He, he calls out to Mark and Goro to take Nozomi home, he doesn't want them to get in any danger at all. Mark's a little bit hesitant and claims that Rio and Guizan cannot fight alone, but Rio doesn't back down. Goro, <laughs> he seems quite happy to uh, accept. <laughs> you know, rallies and gets everyone uh, trying to get out of the, the commotion. Nozomi stops a little bit because she's obviously concerned for Rio. But Goro says that they will just be getting in the way. And Mark then agrees to take them all towards the entrance of the harbour. However, Nozomi still looks hesitant. Terry's noticed them now and claims there's no escape for anyone. So P- Goro hops on the forklift and they all... Is that on the forklift?
2: Yeah. They all... Yeah, yeah they, all... the forklift. yeah, they
1: all drive off quite speedily on the forklift, don't they? For yeah, even faster getaway. So, like I say, this is the 70-man battle now. So a group of men running towards Rio and Guizang, some of them armed with baseball bats. It's an easy start for the pair as they take several men down with one hit on each, much like in the game. Then Rio checks in on Guizang to see if he's still holding up, and Guizang jokingly asks, "Who does he think he's talking to?" Rio's friends are still speeding away on the forklift with Goro shouting encouraging words for Rio, and Nozomi looking back, looking concerned. Terry notices that Rio and Guizang have taken out the first load of men and sends in the next lot. Really, he should just take send the ball in at the same time, shouldn't he? Really. <laughs> holding some back for round two, which we're getting straight into now. So the next group of men are armed more heavily, this time with metal rods and pipes. So it's like uh, easy difficulty, now medium difficulty. They're running towards Rio and Guizang, who start making a run for it themselves. And whilst running, Guizang tells Rio that he knew that getting involved with him was asking for trouble. <laughs> Rio says Guizang can gripe about that later. Guizang then bites back by saying, if Rio lasts that long... And Rio tells him not to worry about himself. So we kind of got that same sort of cockiness from Guizang, like from the games. Mm. He's obviously his persona is you know he's he's working with Rio, he's helping Rio, but you still got to kind of have the last word and the sound like he's um, like I say a bit cocky.
0: Yeah, and it, it's a, it's a play isn't it, on the games where he turns around, and he goes, "Is trouble your middle name?" <laughs> mm. and Rio yeah. says, "Save your complaints for later." It's different different line, but I actually think they're equally well delivered and equally as impactful here. Yeah, in the way it's sort of done as the precursor to the next part of the fight.
1: Yeah, just little quips back and forth. So Rio and Guizang run into a group of men coming around the corner of the warehouse who are also heavily armed. The pair manage to take them out in a few sweeping blows and continue running. They round another corner and are faced with another group of men also wielding metal rods. Rio approaches the first one, knocks the rod out of his hand, and kicks him down to the floor. And then another man runs at Rio, ready to hit him with a baseball bat. Rio kicks him in the stomach after the man misses his swing. So, again, we're getting lots of good quality fighting scenes here. There's one last guy who runs at Rio, is quickly taken down again, and then Rio manages to knock out five men at once with one blow. Meanwhile, Guizhang is fighting his own group of men and also manages to take out a group with a sweeping kick. The third and final part, the 70 man battle thing here that we've got going on. So, the last group of men start carrying as they cannot believe the strength of Rio and Guizhang. One shouts to the others with words of encouragement, don't wimp out. Rio and Guizang exchange similar words of encouragement to each other, poised side by side, ready to fight the last group. The group start running towards them with metal rods in hand. And then this is where we get that synchronized swallow die from both Rio and Guizang. And it's like, I don't know, it's like a tornado in front of them. And it just blows all of them to the ground, flying. <laughs> it's just a really cool scene anyway. And then this ends with Terry standing above on a metal rooftop, looking down at his fallen henchman. Ooh, yeah. Anyone got anything to say about that?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a bloody... Uh, the fight is bloody well put together, the whole thing. I think the stakes are raised a little bit. I think with all these weapons floating around in the, in the game, as, as people have seen on stream when we, we streamed the other Friday, it's a lot of hand-to-hand combat, where at least it was here there's weapons involved and it feels a bit more threatening in that in that regard the animation here is is spot on i think the fighting animation as the episodes have worn on has got better and it's sort of hit a nice point here now that when you get further on into the series with the the shed loads of fighting that we're going to get in Shenmue 2 i think it's like a perfect platform for them to build on in terms of how these have choreographed and put together the 70 man battle was excellent thoroughly enjoyed every every second of the fight the quips that rio and Guizang were having were yeah, spot on into in terms of how they are them in the games as well in terms of respect for the source material i've got no complaints whatsoever i'm greedy i would like you know more fighting but yeah, you've got a 23 minute episode you've got to cram it in so that's just me being greedy <laughs> more than me having a critical point
1: um titch is someone that's a avid speedrunner of the 70 man battle how do you think this compared to the (laughs) to the game
2: oh amazing yeah yeah i quite like how they sort of panned it out because it felt like the game to me because it was like increasing the stakes and in the anime it was getting like each group was getting tough more tough and had like worse weapons as it were so it did feel like the game in that way that it was getting progressively harder even though at the end the last group of guys were like oh god we've got no <laughs> chance because you know they've taken out all the others so you know what hope have we got but yeah i quite like how they uh, played that out i thought it was really good
1: one it kills all
0: around
2: yeah yeah, yeah. so Rea's friends have just made it to the entrance of the harbour on the forklift and goromai and Nazomi step off and run towards the exit but halfway uh, into running away uh, Nazomi stops and she's uh, looking pensive looking at the floor and Mai asks her what's wrong, and Azomi says that they can't just leave Ryo and Guizong behind, like they have done. So Goro's there, being his, you know, usual self. He tries to re- reassure Nazomi that going back would mean even more trouble, especially for all of them. And and then here we go. Matt Mai slaps <laughs> my slaps Goro across the face again for saying this.
1: <laughs> I think we need a counter on the screen, Matt. What, what up to just four or five or... <laughs> I think
2: uh four
0: or yeah. five yeah I can't believe it like she just keeps beating him like I feel sorry for the man I yeah, really do I think
2: he's getting more punches than Rio and guizong at this point she's terrible <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: so so yeah then mark actually makes the final decision on behalf of the group and says you know come on we're all, we're all gonna go back and nazomi is you know really delighted about this because yeah she's clearly been really worried about Rio this whole time yeah what do they actually do then
1: mark makes the final decision that they're going to go back. Are they? So they made it to one side of the harbour, and then they turn around and say, "Let's go back."
2: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. They made it to the entrance, didn't they? And obviously, my beats up Goro repeatedly, yeah. and Zayn sort of sat there, you know, worried about it. And I think Mark just sort of makes the call there and then. He doesn't he doesn't say a lot. He just makes that call. And they they go back, which obviously pleases Nozomi. Okay, but interesting. There wasn't a, wasn't a huge conversation over it other than that, that Goro was getting a bit worried about them running back into trouble. Well, he does have a point in yeah. fairness to him.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. So we're at the aftermath of the 70-man battle and Ryo and Guizong are stood side by side in front of all the fallen henchmen. And Terry jumps down from the rooftop and tells them that it's not over yet. So Rio steps back and he says he's got no reason to keep fighting now that Nozomi is safe, which makes total sense because you know he don't want to get involved in you know turf wars and gang violence and all that stuff. So he leaves it to Guizong and Terry to settle their own score. But Rio actually stays around to sort of watch, and I assume he probably thinks I'll at least stay in case Guizong needs some backup. So Terry lunges at Guizong, but Guizong retaliates and slams Terry back with a mighty blow. And then Terry realises he's actually too weak for Guizong without using a weapon, so he finds a baseball bat. He tries to hit Guizong over the head, but luckily Guizong catches the bat just in time before he gets hit. And it's at this point that Rio tries to step in and help Guizong, but Guizong actually tells Rio, you know, keep back, you know, keep away," <laughs> because Guizong's got plenty of fight left in him. So Terry keeps swinging his bat around, but he keeps missing Guizong, luckily. And then whilst Terry's off guard... Wee Young swoops a kick into his Terry's face and he falls back into some crates, physically beaten, and at this point he's he's covered in blood.
1: In the game, you know, when you first learn the swallow dive, it's... Mm. I think you were saying last week, Matt, it's like the swallow d- kick, uh, dive or whatever that they were using last week was like the advanced animation. Yeah, it, Whereas it this is, one seemed like yeah. the pre-animation, if that makes sense, where it's like a, a swoopy leg kick thing. Yeah. Mm. Like a, almost like a around the world, whoosh, yeah, kind of thing yeah, that yeah. we do. I see what you're uh, just thought I'd make that point.
2: So Rio and Guizong start to leave, and the fight is officially over at that point. And but as they walk away, Terry actually gets their attention and asks if they're after Landy. And with his uh, bloody mouth, he tells the pair that if if they think beating the Mad Angels is some sort of victory, then they don't know who they're up against when it comes to Landy. And whilst saying this, it actually shows Landy at the front of his boat on his way to Hong Kong. And then Terry continues to say that when Rio gets to Hong Kong, they will be waiting. It doesn't say who will be waiting, but it does show a red sky with the shadows of a group of men and presumably women. And the one at the front looks like who we know as Do Neo. Hmm. And Terry guarantees Rio that he won't make it back alive from Hong Kong.
0: Love that, that shot. shot. Man, yeah. that shot. So good. And I think we were saying this on stream. Obviously, you've got Donio at the front. I think to the right, we thought it was Yuan. Yeah. And Nikolai messaged me just as we finished stream. I think during stream, I picked it up afterwards. If you look to the left of that image, and I'll put it on this on the screen for everybody. I think that's Bayou next to Master Donio Bayou. on the left. Yeah. Oh. I think it's, Ma- it's Master Bayou. Okay. You'd I'd, I'd have to have a look at it uh, again. But it... There's enough of it there to suggest it could be, and I thought that if that's the case, you've got those sort of three at the front. That's really cool. I'm uh, the image to shows, it,
1: it, So is there like some sort of feathery thing sticking out? What looks like it? Yeah, yeah,
0: it looks like it. Um, it really does. Um, I'll see if I can pull it up actually while we're talking about it very quickly.
1: I wonder um, if someone will do one of those things where they like resize in Photoshop and like put the actual characters in the positions.
0: If you, if you look at it, you don't, you don't see the feathery thing so much? But you know he has like something on like just on the top of his face, like his mask thing. Okay, you can just see the top of it. That would make I can sense. See. So I think it's quite believable that it could be. Yeah. Um But that shot is like
1: mm, that's going to be like one of the iconic shots, I think, from the from the series, perhaps.
0: Um, It just shows again the artwork they've put together for this is 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 you know brilliant. Some of the shots, like the Gwilin shots that we've seen, the shots of the Hazuki dojo, you know, yeah, all of that together. The artwork here is is amazing. It's it's such it's perfect. It really is. I think it captures the atmospheres really really well. So we've had obviously the seventy man battle, and we're now at the harbour at dawn. Uh, Rio and Guizang stood together by the water's edge, very reminiscent of the video game, Um, and Guizang asked what's next for Rio, and is he going to pursue things further, in the games Rio's a bit more aggressive, he said well I can't just give up, whereas here he says that he can't give up now and he's going to find a way to go to Hong Kong, less aggressive, but it's the same sort of concept here. Guizhang says he will ask Master Chen for help and then actually changes his sort of tone here and he says, No, I'll ask I will speak with my father, I'll convince him to help you. He asks Rio to phone them again. Rio thanks Guizhang for his help and he just he, he sort of smiles and leaves.
1: Okay, interesting. I missed that.
0: Then. Yeah, which it, it comes to later in later in the anime, but in the games, obviously we sort of Rio says thank you and Guizang turns around and says, Oh no, that's my line yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. But we, we, we'll see that later and we'll talk about that in a minute. And then Goro shouts at Rio from behind. He's still with Maya, Mark, and Zomi, and uh, Rio is obviously relieved there quite well. It then cuts to a what looks to be like a very early morning scene here. Gets brighter, yeah, much brighter. And Goro's is really, obviously relieved. Rio's made it out alive. Rio thanks Goro for noticing his chalk message. Thanks Maya and Mark for the help as well. Sort of again, sort of filling in on that. Keep friends you you, know, you have close to you. That's that's there again. Uh, Rio tells Nozomi that he's, that he's glad she's all right and she apologizes and thanks him truly. So it was an emphasis on that a little bit. In her... She's very, I don't know, she's very withdrawn here, considering her character for the rest of the game. Rio says that it's his fault, um, that he dragged his friends into his problems, and Nozomi forgives him. Uh, Rio and the others now looking at Nozomi. Goro tries to say something, but Mai punches him to the side and tells him to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> She smiles at Nozomi, we're sort of prompting her to speak, and it passes between Rio and Nozomi, looking at each other, and it cuts to this hell of a shot of the sun sort of rising above the sea line, which is, which is really cool. And then, you happy for me to carry on with this next bit? Yeah, keep going, matey. Ooh, sits together. Rio's riding. his illegitimately got motorcycle the mad angel is clearly not getting that back rio needs to sell it for some hong kong money it seems when the sort of sat behind him holding him tight and they pass through the tunnels as they head towards the buita and these tunnels are actually real tunnels i know switch did a shot of of one of them in comparison to the real life shot and it is a real yeah, real place amazing. which is quality nozomi's looking very sort of sad she sort of buries her head in his back and it shows a flashback to her joyfully running towards rio and guizang when they're talking about hong kong yeah um, which was earlier that morning. And her face changes, she gets closer, and she overhears that Rio wants to go to Hong Kong to obviously pursue what's, you know, pursue this, because you know, that's what... This is, like, the first part of his single-mindedness around his father. I think he's had a lot around being with his friends, of you know, being with his family, offering advice, etc. But I think this is the first step towards... I will be pursuing this, this is my sole focus. It's it's a bit of a change, I think.
1: Yeah, and I also think the way they structured that shot, I know he doesn't know that she's behind him, but he's literally no. got his back to her and he like it's you know, it, there's mm. nothing that he cares about other than, you know, this direction.
0: It, it's symbolic, mm. isn't it, that he's going away, he's off, and she stops and Goro Maya Mark are behind her. And it cuts back to them on the motorcycle. And Ozomi thanks Rio again. He says, oh, you yeah, you want some advice from me? What was it going to be? She says, it's okay now. She's already made up her mind. She sort of buries her face in his back and may carry on ahead. And it cuts to the sky and the music finishes. And obviously we know, or we're assuming, and it's pretty obvious, I think, that 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 her hearing that conversation is is um, has made her mind up she's going to go to Canada. And Rio doesn't know at this point. He's He has no idea. And, and she's obviously sort of made that off the back of, of Rio going, I'm going to go to Hong Kong. Um, I do feel sorry for a little bit here, actually. But it's very well shot. And I, the, the emotional stakes there were, were put together really nicely. Different to the video game, yeah, absolutely, because Nozomi's not backwards and coming forward, that she's going to Canada. Whereas I think for the relationship the two of them have here, it fits really, really well. But Rio is changing. I think his character in that single-mindedness, that 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 drive to go to Hong Kong, yeah. And I think that's then or it is, it's, it's made that decision for Nazomi. But it, it was very well shot, very well done, and very symbolic, and it conveyed conveyed that emotion very well. I thought,
1: yeah, especially now, like Rio is actually plotting to leave and Tiso.
0: Yeah, like like
1: I I agree. Like you're saying, the the relationship between them feels like I I care more about nozomi in the anime than i did in the game and i I know she's like a character that cries in the game and you know she's got a Mm, lot of emotion mm. that she expresses but i think because rio literally never gives anything back at all in the games it's just this one-sided thing so you don't really feel like you feel sorry for her but like in the anime they have had a bit of a relationship and you know rio's given back when nozomi's given to him so you know, it kinda of does feel sad that she's she's not even t- told him that she's moving to planning to move to Canada or whatever. You know, she's she knows it's not gonna change anything or or perhaps she doesn't want to get involved and I don't know, make confuse the matter for him if he's he's he would change his tune, I don't know, knowing that she's leaving and but he's leaving anyway, ain't he? So
0: Yeah, and I think she knows he won't and I don't, and I don't think it would change his mind at this point. I think he's 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 set. That's it. He's off.
1: Is this when she was crying? By the way, there was a tear, or was that a little village?
0: No, this is this is that happens in a couple of scenes. Okay, okay.
1: Uh, have you got anything to add to that topic of conversation? By the way, Titch, like the zoom. Oh well, no,
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. he uh, covered it really well. So yeah, I haven't got anything to add.
1: Okay dokie. So some days later at the harbour, we see Mark entering the Alpha Trading Office to see who then sees Rio thanking Yorosan for the, for allowing him to work at the harbour. So Rio's kind of handing his notice in after a, a couple of days. um. But he's got an envelope in his hand. We him his wages for, you know, two days, probably about 80 quid, is it? And Rio starts to leave and passes Mark. So Rio then tells Mark it's, it's been great working with him. And Mark encourages Rio to keep walking down his own path and that he believes Rio will be fine. So nice, nice, some nice caring words from Mark there. Outside the office, Mai and Goro are with Rio talking about marriage, believe it or not. So we're getting that scene from the game where Goro and Mai decide they're going to get married, which is a bit out of blue, out of the blue in the game. And perhaps, eh, I don't know, I was going to say even more so in the anime, but actually the context from what Goro actually says in a moment, it, it kind of adds a little bit to the scene actually for, for me. So, whilst blushing, Mai and Goro reveal that they've been together for a while. Ryo's shocked about the news and that it has come up very quickly. But it turns out that the situation with saving Nozomi made Goro realise that Mai is the only girl for him, so he doesn't mind being slapped around. Silly. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, like I say, the the context there that after seeing Mai in that sort of position, you know, a life-threatening sort of situation and standing up for self and everything, he's head over heels. Uh, literally after being slapped. Um <laughs> <laughs> so is still in disbelief, but when he asks Mai if she's good with Garo, she confirms that this by saying that there's never been a dull moment when Goro is around. Rio mocks Goro by saying this is this is Garu we're talking about. And that just makes Goro laugh. Okay, so now outside the Hazuki residence, we've got this is he kind of cuts a big chunk out here for me. This was probably a little bit of a a negative on the series as a whole so far for me just how it just suddenly skipped here but i suppose that what would they fit in between this maybe like saying goodbye to tom or or, you know stuff we've not really had anything with tom have we apart from that first episode so yeah uh, maybe i don't
0: know what they were to do with it it just
1: felt like a big time skipped in it but Mm. actually i don't really know what they would have fit with within that time anyway off the top of my head, but anyway, so Ryo's stood outside the gates of the residence with Inesan and Fuxan. He's wearing his iconic green backpack, and Inesan's actually crying into a tissue. Ryo tells them to cut it out, and they'll be coming back once he finds out the truth. So again, we're not getting revenge; we're getting the truth. Unless that's just Ryo's way of like plastering the, over the situation, but he hasn't really said the word revenge at all so far in the anime. He's still not. Inesan covers Rio's hands with his, and then Fuku-san puts his hand on top, which is nice, kind of um, a, a nice way to end the scene. And san has got faith that Rio will find proof of Owao's innocence, but Inesan asks Rio to stay safe. And then we see Rio walking with his backpack, looking at his hand that just been lovingly held by Inesan and Fuku-san. Uh, he's then distracted by Nozomi, who stood looking into Sakuragaoka Park. She turns to Rio with a smile and asks what's up. She asks Rio if he's going to Hong Kong today, which he, he then confirms. She says that she knows how he is with these things and won't be saying a word. In other words, she can't do anything to stop him at this point. So, yeah, she's uh, made that point clear. However, she offers him a good luck amulet, that trusty red amulet that we know from the end of the game. Actually, it happens in a flashback in the game, but I think it works better, actually, that he does it on the way. I always did find that a little bit strange in the game. How, especially the first playthrough, I was like, "What's going on here?" Like, because we never really have like a flashback of a scene that's just happened. It's always been like you know Rio and his father as kids, mm. or well, Rio in that case. Um, we never had a, a scene that's like supposedly like ten minutes ago as a flashback. So this this kind of works a bit better in my opinion. Um, she's made a wish on the amulet to ensure Ryo's safety and for the gods to protect him he takes it with gratitude and Izumi says that they will see each other someday again uh, and Ryo responds with a yeah he continues on his way leaving Izumi behind and showing the ground by her feet where her tears are falling so that's, this is where she's we're getting that heartfelt moment where she's actually crying which is a shame
0: I thought this is brilliantly done actually I really thought they, they put a lot of thought into this that she sat there she doesn't say anything she's crying and it's again i think it's her character more she doesn't show as much emotion as Nazomi in the games but it fits her really well and i again i i felt for her a little bit that she knows she's letting him go and she has to she can't stop him and i think she's almost she you know, she's resigned herself to that fact and that was almost like the, the part the parting tears if you like yeah it's totally. Kind of thing, yeah, very symbolic.
2: Yeah, for me, it, that part of the episode felt like someone just punched me in the stomach, I was like, Oh my god, that's so sad! Bit the gut wrencher, <laughs> yeah, the gut wrencher, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do wonder because you know, the last we saw of Nozomi before that was on you know, when she was behind Rio on the motorbike. I wonder if between that moment and this moment where she's giving him the the amulet, we might see a flashback later on in the anime. Maybe she told Ryo in that time that she was going to Canada. I'm not sure. But that's just me being hopeful that we do get a bit more of Ryo and Nozomi later on.
1: It could very well happen. They they could choose to, like, show glimpses of Japan and that sort of stuff in, in flashbacks again in the future. You know, when we ultimately get to the Hong Kong section of the anime, we're going to have, like, eight full episodes of it. So they might choose to, like, throw in a bit of Japan from time to time so we could get a bit more context behind certain things that perhaps you know they seem like they've they've cut but maybe they haven't we could go back over them again later i don't know
0: i think they could um and it's like the photo as well we haven't got with Nozomi and Rio. obviously it's in the um end credits and um, so it hasn't been like completely cut but i do wonder again they might do a quick flashback especially when Rio eventually meets Shenhua whether they might like do a flashback to that or photo being taken or something i think they could do it I, I just don't know if they're going to have time that's the issue i have is are they going to have the time to sort of quick yeah quickly throw in a flashback i'd like them to but equally i could also see them not doing it because just how much they've got to to into Shenmue too you've got eight episodes it's, it's going to go go fast quickly
2: so we're back at the harvard and rio's looking out to sea at the ferry which he's about to take to hong kong and Guizong sarcastically calls out to Rio, saying that his foolishness really knows no bounds, and that he's got quite sick of it. So I think that's uh, is that does that come from the game? Is that
0: it does? Yeah, yeah. it's exactly the same line that he says in the games, which I, I love. That it's said very differently, but the same sort of message gets across.
2: Yeah, it's great. So then Rio runs towards Master Chen and Guizong, who are stood side by side. And Ryo thanks them both for arranging his trip to Hong Kong. So it's clear at this point that Guizong uh, managed to persuade Master Chen to let Rio go and help him Though actually get there.
1: Yeah, even though Rio just assumed he's got his bag packed and <laughs> he's already <laughs> yeah, heading Yeah, he's going there, anyway.
2: But, yeah. Yeah. Even um, if he has to swim. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Master Chen actually helped Rio get to Hong Kong. On the basis that he will not let Ryo go on his own. So Guizong steps forward and he's clutching a little travel bag, which alludes to the point that, you know, Master Chen's getting Guizong to go as well. Even though that Rio may find him a burden, he will be twice the ally. So that's something that Master Chen says to Rio. And the reason for this is that they still have a vested interest in keeping tabs on the activities of the Qiyu men. And then Master Chen asks Rio how his search will proceed when he actually arrives in Hong Kong. So what's he actually going to do when he gets there? And Ryo says that he'll be looking for you and a zoo, which comes as a result of the letter that came after his father passed. And Rio actually asks Chen where he might find him to give him a bit of a steer for when he gets there. But Chen says he doesn't actually know where Zhu currently is, but he does offer Rio an introduction to someone trustworthy who might be able to help him, and he hands Rio a letter so uh, I think as players of the game, we're quite well aware of who that person is at this point. So, yeah, yeah. I'll be looking forward to seeing her. Did he the, say uh, the um,
1: in the game, the kind of led you thinking that it was a man, didn't they? Until you got to Mamo Temple and you find yeah. out she's a, mm. a woman. But the, he didn't really say he or him or... I do feel like they say him in the game, don't they? Or, or is it, is it Rio? Rio asks where he can find him, and he, he doesn't correct him, or something like that.
0: That's yeah, that's about right, I think. And um, it's obviously it doesn't happen like that here, but I do wonder if they'll play on that because obviously, Well, maybe it's because I'm has... reading that there.
1: It says asks Chem where he might he might find him
0: because Shenmue has a lot of strong female characters like Joy. I'm thinking of particularly in Shenmue two and Zhuing obviously as we know. Fang Mei um, and Fang. So I, I I do wonder if they'll play on that. Because Rio does you know, does judge that martial arts master would be a man. Yeah. And as we all know, that, that clearly isn't the case.
1: Interesting to see which way they take that when we get there.
2: And then it's at this point that a load of metal tall pipes fall down from behind and they come crashing down towards Rio and the Chens. And whilst the three of them manage to move out the way, Guizong's legs are still sort of sticking out a bit too much. And then one of them actually falls onto his right leg. And he calls out in pain, like, ah which, you know, concerns Rio. And we then find out that it was Chai who pushed them down. So he jumps down from top of some containers and he lands in front of Rio and he's ready to attack. He tells Rio that he won't be going to Hong Kong as he's about to lose a fight to him. And then he demands to take the mirror from Rio. So he's mm-hmm. still after the, the mirror. To, this was uh, a, bit, a bit
1: bad on Guizhang, wasn't it? Where the, he's actually showing the blood dripping from his legs, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, It, yeah. it, it
0: Look quite nasty. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so Chai moves very swiftly at Rio, and he's he's jumping around. So he's, he moves quite quickly. Actually, and that's part of his like fighting style. So Rio manages to dodge his attacks, and he actually lands a kick on Chai's neck, and this sets Chai back, and he's like, oh. Well, Ryo's now very strong compared to the last fight that they had, which I think in the anime was actually in the Hazuki Family Dojo. Yeah. The start of the anime. Yeah, so so we actually asked, you know, why has Rio gotten stronger? And Rio says that he's not going to lose to anyone, especially not until he finds out the truth about his father and his death. So then Chai makes one last run at Rio, and then Rio fights back with a swift swallow-dive kick, which... Uh, yeah we've seen quite a lot of it in this anime it's like
1: the one like well it's the one move actually that's taking everyone out at the moment
2: yeah that's it might as
1: well just keep using it on everyone try it on (laughs) landing
2: exactly (laughs) and it's so strong it actually sends chai flying off into the water
1: yeah because in the game it's the counter elbow assault right that does Chai? Yes,
2: yes.
0: The elbow was so sort of, as he jumps at him, he mm-hmm. like throws the elbow when he goes flying into the into the sea. Whereas obviously here they've changed it out. Yeah,
1: they've given more merit to the swallow dive kick, which I suppose is okay. Works works contextually for the story as well and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, it's no issue with it. I think it works well. Um, the kick could look quite brutal. As it catches him square in the face, which is quite funny.
1: Yeah. So we did get Chai in the dojo, didn't we? And then we did get Chai when Rhea presses the button, but he didn't fight him and. In-
0: no, he didn't, didn't fight him there. Yeah, so it is no. this only
1: the second time he's fought him.
0: Yeah, which then
1: kind of means that we're not going to get the boat chapter, right?
0: I think we'd be surprised to get the boat chapter. I, I mean, I could see maybe that Rio's sort of walking through Hong Kong. He meets the mother and and the daughter. They may do like a quick four or five scene flashback. Yeah, but we're not going to get the we're not going to get the boat chapter, which I know I said on stream. I, I was quite disappointed about. And I mean the three things I wanted to see in terms of new content, new old content if you like. Uh the Christ tournament, how Rio got his scar, which I know was different to what we obviously know from the from the original sort of talk of the Yuzik and the scripts, and the boat chapter. Now I've got two out of three, so I can't complain too much. But I, I think they could have done it. Um they've obviously chosen not to. I don't I don't have an issue with it per se. I'm just slightly disappointed that I haven't gone down that road. But we'll see. We'll see in, in, in episode yeah, See what six. happens,
1: man. You can't... Until they've literally wrote it off, we can't...
0: Yeah, exactly. You can't write it off just yet. But it's, it's just a personal thing. It's a shame. But picking up from there, um, we go to their last goodbyes. Ryo sort of checks in on Guizhang and obviously his, his blood's pissing blood everywhere. It's quite nasty. <laughs> and Master Chen tells him he can't travel with his leg like that. Guizhang disagrees and says that Rio can't face the human without him. Rio agrees with Master Chen that tells and tells Guizheng to stay. And Guizeng claims that Rio thinks he's useless with this injury, but the reality is that Rio thinks it's better for Guizheng to stay with his father. He then thanks to Chen's in Chinese, which I thought was very interesting here, and says he will see them again. Rio's Chinese is okay. Yeah. So I do wonder if you might get more of these sorts of scenes in, in Hong Kong. I know we've had scenes in China where Shenhua is speaking Japanese, for example. I do wonder if we might get some scenes where Rio uses his Chinese, because it obviously seems like his dad taught him some, which is cool. That's kind of confirms um,
1: that, but, doesn't it, really?
0: Yeah, and they smile at Rio as so they have a good trip, and Rio and Guizang sort of shake their hands, which is great. They do that in the game. Rio sort of gets on the boat, watching the ferry depart. Master Chen is Guizang that he was hoping for some time on his own would be a good chance for him to grow. And Guizang believes that staying was the right choice. He's still room to grow at home with in, with his father. He said, uh, "Must he the a he choice." though. Like. well, yeah, <laughs> your legs like absolutely ruined. But you know, Gwizd's <laughs> clearly his um, his quads of steel don't quite hold up in in the animator quite what they did in the game, getting rid of one massive steel <laughs> girder. But you know, he's obviously obviously skipped leg day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Master Chen tells Guizang that he thought uh, Guizang hate, hated being stuck by his father's side all the time, but Guizang disagreed and says no matter what, he will always be his father's son. And Master Chen laughs. Now, he obviously doesn't twig the significance of that, but obviously this is what Rio said to Guizhang in, in um, episode three, I believe, towards the end. Uh, he said, I will always be my father's son. And it resonated with Guizhang, so to sort of say that to close their arc off, and the fact that Guizhang saved his father from steel, you know, from steel pipes, etc., and it closes that off really, really well. Yeah, that actually they do have a father-son relationship, and Rio sort of played a role in maybe repairing that, or at least opening that up a bit. Whereas I think it was a bit closed before. They then watched the, the boat sail off into the distance. It cuts to a flashback of earlier in the morning, where Guizhang said, "Thank you for the help." Um, in his head, and Guizhong says, Wrong again, I should be thanking you, meaning Rio. And then we have the final scene the Rio's on the boat looking at his lucky charm, the letter from Yuan And he, he goes out to sea and he says, Just you wait, landy. Mm. And that is it. Japan, Shenmue 1 has been completed in five episodes. Hell of a roller coaster.
1: And the journey's just beginning. <laughs> Essentially,
0: that winding tale shall now begin, yeah. as they say in the prophecy that we've heard six times. <laughs>
1: But not for a while, actually. Not for two. Not for not a, for a the while. Last two. Not for a while.
0: And actually, I think they've they've they knocked that off just right. Actually, I think it got to a point where it's like we've heard it a lot now, and they've stopped it. Yeah. Um. And I do wonder what we're going to get actually with with Shenhua and Baile Village. That now he's it. That, that he's now in China. So there's a lot, a lot to go on here. But I think they've done Shenmue one justice. Done it very well. Very fast paced in some bits. Some bits they've taken out, which I'd have liked. But I think the additions that they made outweigh what we didn't get. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Loved it. Uh, Really well done. Shenmue 2, they've got a lot to cram in. A lot to cram in here. So I do think we're going to get a lot of fast-paced stuff and a lot of bits and pieces that some people may like coming in, may like being taken out and vice versa. But I think as long as they nail the story elements like they have with Shenmue 1, uh, we're in for a treat for Shenmue 2.
1: Definitely, man. And you touched the last five episodes... Covering the whole of the Japan chapter, as it were, how do you think they've done?
2: Yeah, I think they've done a great job. I agree with Matt that there's some bits that I'm sort of like, oh, I wish that would have been in, or they sort of, you know, developed nozomi a bit more, or went sort of pre shemu a bit more sort of backstory at that point. But yeah, I think they did a good job overall, especially getting the balance between the slow pace of the game and then the fast pace of the anime. I think they've they've really married it well together. and I'm really impressed with it so far. And I'm keen to see what they're going to do with Shenmue 2 because, like you said, it's like a mammoth compared to Shenmue 1. So, yeah, looking forward to it.
1: And we've seen very little, but we will get into what we have seen after a quick music break now. So this is Parting Tears from Shenmue 1's OST. Welcome back. That was Parting Tears from shemmy OST. And we're going to jump quickly into what we've seen from episode six so far. So we're already moving on quite briskly into the series now, episode six. Uh, not quite the halfway point, but getting there. And this episode is called Dignified, right, Matt, I think?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Can you describe what we've seen in the little... 20 30 second trailer what we had
0: i can so rio is now in hong kong and he's looking for the yantin apartments which is you know we're quite a way into sort of the first bits of shemmy 2 at this point and he comes across our good friend wong um who is running away from sam larry and cool and basically wong says they're gonna they're gonna beat me up and they sam larry and cool make a threat to rio so hand over the boy we're gonna beat you up I can't remember the exact line Rio says but he said I think he says something along the lines of different location different country same trash something like that <laughs> something and like that, yeah. gets yeah. into his fighting stance and then it sort of finishes the scene basically so it's, obviously at this point uh, Rio has not bought 600 lighters and he is <laughs> he's going to lose his money definitely. going to lose all his money enjoy rio enjoy yeah. <laughs>
1: Other than that, losing his bag and stuff, what else do you reckon we'll see, Titch, in this first? Well, not the first episode, but you know what I mean. the first episode of Hong Kong,
2: well, I hope. I definitely hope we see Joy accidentally yeah. like nearly knock Rio over with a motorbike. <laughs> That'd be a good start as well for him, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I th- I think we'll get nice Joy. introduction. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get Joy. I think she which she will play. I think quite a big role here. I just have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of her. They like the sort of the female leads in in anime anyway. So I don't think she'll replace Nozomi as such, but I think she'll be around with a different attitude to Nozomi and I think it could be quite good. But I'm looking forward to it. show Me Too yeah, is yeah, yeah. is where is my is my favourite game of the series. So I'm I'm pumped. Really pumped to see what they're gonna do with it.
1: And if they don't do the boat stuff, which I don't think they will I don't think they'll have that little thing at the start with the the lady and the the child saying, thanks Mm. for saving my child on the books. I think there's even less context in the anime sort of thing. So we'll see how that goes anyway. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I don't know if I'm looking forward to this, though. So (laughs) we're jumping into Jim's poetry corner next. And I must be pretty comfortable around you guys to do what I'm about to do. (laughs) Okay, so the song, guys, is called Your Imagination. (laughs)
0: Oh my god, you've done it. Oh you what oh With the, no 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 what have you done?
2: <sighs> I'm just so glad that this is a thing because I thought it was just me that heard this song in uh Shenmue Three.
0: No, no, it's not. Like I think everybody who's played Shenmue Three hears that Bailey Village music and hears this oh, for God's sake. Yeah, here we go.
1: So I think you may already have a... Well, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've gone for something quite unique with this one, hopefully, <laughs> in terms of character-wise, because obviously we had four last week. So, OK, three, two, one. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me, cross the seas. To discover Gwieland's Bailu Village Take a look on your PC Give us your monetization Double click from your list Loading into the world of my creation What you'll see will defy exploration if you want to view paradise simply look around and view it any herb you want just grab it want to make a quick buck sell them a towel get There is no place I know that compares with gwilin's wailu village living there with shenmu three if you truly wish to be If you want to learn Quan, Yin and Yang and the four Wudu, anytime you want, just do it. Practice the art of Kung Fu, there's nothing to it. They didn't bridge Shenmu trees. Things that were only part of your imagination Announced there at E3 You truly wished
0: it be (laughs) I'm impressed you did that, keeping a straight face And now I have Eilu Village stuck in my damned head
2: Oh, voice of an angel, James. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'll have to listen to that back, see how cringe that was. But um, <laughs> if, like Matt and Titch, you both got that. That's kind of like a running joke for people that have heard that. Um, yeah. Well, the Bailu Village kind of theme tune,
0: as it oh, were. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I've, I could play. I'll play a little chunk of that just so you, you get the context, like um, pure imagination. But based on the lyrics, guys... Who do you reckon wrote that poem, or that song?
2: Ooh, that's
0: a toughie, you Bit know. Bit of a
1: trick one.
2: Oh, it was hard, though.
1: There, were, there was a couple of clues in there,
0: though.
2: Was it Yu Suzuki, was it?
1: Yeah, well done.
2: Oh, really? Oh, wow. Titch got oh. it, yeah.
0: Oh, well played, Titch. <laughs> I didn't, I was not going there at all. Well played.
1: Because it was from his perspective, like... Um,
0: ah, yeah, I see your point. Give us
1: your monetisation... <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was a, li- a lyric I used that was like loading into the world of my creation. Oh. So it's like he ah,
0: it's very created well put it. together. Good guest, <laughs> Titch, as well. I, Thank you. Nowhere near.
1: I'm glad you both enjoyed that, guys. So we're going to let Titch go. A little bit of a long one, actually. That kind of, I, f- I think you can see why they, um, they, they, they did cram quite a lot of stuff into he that did. particular episode. I, there's a lot there we had to digest and, and take into account there. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming along, Titch. Thanks again for all your notes. And I guess we'll just see you again next week.
2: Yeah, brilliant. Hopefully my notes are shorter next week because they're getting longer and longer each they week. They're getting but,
1: longer, yeah. <laughs> because the
2: episodes Five, are so six, good. Five, six,
1: seven, eight pages this yeah, week.
2: <laughs> yeah, Need to tone it down. <laughs> oh, bro, thank you both for having us again. You take
1: care. No
2: worries. no
1: worries. Bye. Okay, so we're going to jump into the news section now. Again, not very much. It's been a weekly show. We're not going to get too much news. But I will mention again, Shemmy World, thanks for everyone that's backed. Um, if you haven't backed yet or you're waiting or whatever, yeah, I, I mean, thanks so much. There's, by the time you hear this, it's going to be probably within the last 20 days, which is still a fair chunk. I'll probably mention it again on a future show. But check the link in the description if that interests you at all. shemu Fan Magazine from the Shamu Dojo. slow loads of cool extras, Blu-ray, poster, art cards, etc. Just an all-around fun project there. But on the subject of books and magazines and, and stuff, I will mention a couple that we've sort of got a little bit of involvement in, myself and Matt. So Lost in Cult, I've just finished a Kickstarter for Lock-On, Volume 3, which is a really cool, sort of like a coffee table type of book, uh, d- depending on whether you get the soft cover or the hard cover. Uh, really thick, loads of gaming content inside there. And particularly in this Volume 3, there's an article from myself called The Journey, which is um, basically The Journey of Shenmue from the perspective of Yu Suzuki. Really cool article. There's also a, a front cover depicting Shenmue on the front of the this hardcover. It's going to be supposed to be like 50% Dreamcast, so if any of that interests you, check out Lost in Cult. I'll probably chuck a link in the description below. You can still pick this up even though the Kickstarter's ended. You can pre-order the the book here. I think it's going to be only going to be like a month or so max until this actually arrives at people's doors. And the second Sega-related magazine I will mention is called Sega Powered, which is a really cool new Sega magazine from veteran Sega magazine editors and writers. You've got Dean, who used to work on DC UK back in the day, and there's a few other guys on the staff there that worked on older Sega magazines, probably around the, the time of the Mega Drive and stuff. So, like I say, some really veteran editors and stuff. And the quality actually shows I've got the first two issues so far, and yeah, definitely really great if you're a big Sega fan. Issue three promises to be a very Shenmue-heavy issue. They're going to do quite a few features on Shenmue, and myself and Matt are actually involved in creating some of the content that they're looking to put inside this magazine. So me and Matt have been working away on a few different things that we won't mention yet just because they haven't revealed, but definitely check out that magazine later on in the month. We'll probably tweet about it or something and uh, i'll have a link in the show notes again this is going to be issue three which is touted for release at the end of march Matt, side of things you've got a couple of interviews in the works matt if you can speak of goings goings on with them
0: i i'm not going to reveal names just yet i'm recording one by the time you listen to this i'll be recording one tomorrow uh, a gamer's journey is all i'm going to say on that one you can work out the rest of yourselves And I've got two booked coming up with two of the anime voice actors. I'm just sort of finalising the dates for one of them and the others booked for um, following Sunday in March. So keep an eye out for those. Other than that, Shenmue was trending on Twitter when the anime was airing. It's been trending, I think, for... Four out, four out of five weeks it's been running, which is insane. That is insane. I think if, you ju- if you're judging popularity and success on something like that, I think we could well be in for a second season. Everything crossed, of course, but it was a long way to go at this point. And just don't forget to go and rate it on my anime list, um, IMDb, etc. and make So sort of get, the, get the push out there that the, you know, this anime is good. It's doing really well. There's a lot, lot going for it here. And let's see if we can attract new people into the franchise through it and hopefully the games and ultimately a Shenmue 4.
1: Definitely. And if you want any additional shemu content, obviously you've got your other podcasts, your shemu AM2s, uh, Mega Visions, Sega Bits, and then you've also got your blog posts over at the dojo. We do two a week, just kind of summarizing the previous episode and going in the nitty, nitty gritty of the lore and stuff surrounding that comparing it to the games. Then you've got blogs from Shenmuzings and Phantom Riverstone, of course, who blog post on, at least on the weekly, Phantom Riverstone, possibly a little bit more frequent than that i think he's just touched on some more locations that bear resemblance to the anime he
0: has, he has, yeah, has some quality there.
1: stuff there so check out all of that guys but we're going to wrap up the show with a bunch of forum posts from the dojo again and this is going to be regarding episode four we always like to do the previous episode as we are recording literally hours after watching it for the ourselves for the first time so this is going to be for the previous episode and i'm going to start with kintor who says he had to pause the episode to take the screenshot? So Matt will probably show the screenshot. It's the, the one overlooking Sakuraoka. Really nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, simply breathtaking in its own right. What I love, though, is the context as Nozomi looks out towards the harbour, thinking about Rio. That's when it hit me. I don't think we've ever seen an establishing shot like this connection every area in Shemi 1 before. That would simply be beyond the Dreamcast's capabilities. Yet yeah, here we have yokosuka as a fully realized world in one image yes i see what he means you can yeah. you can see the harbor and everything mm. from that one still can't you in the distance yeah
0: stuff. which yeah yeah obviously in the dreamcast it has to individually load the maps for every area and every every shop etc so it's yeah see it all together yeah i see what kintan's yeah. getting out there moving on we've got Gladius uh number nine this episode has the best action sequences by far it also had a lot of breathing room, allowing for a lot more character moments. Love the Grand Theft Shenmue <laughs> moment with the bike. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. The amount of depth and screen time certain characters are getting is definitely a huge positive. I think they kind of rushed that ending with Guizeng. I actually assumed that they would have left it for the next episode so it would be longer. But, but again, the fight seems good enough to have me forgive that.
1: So that is before realising that the next episode actually does expand on that?
0: Yeah, so I, I see at that point I can get it, but... Obviously, Episode 5 expands upon that. Um, I really expect how the team is handling this adaptation. They are cutting what isn't totally necessary and only keeping what advances the plot, but also adding to it in so many significant ways. I've never felt so intrigued by the chens of Mad Angels until I saw this anime. It's nice to have an Zomi that takes center spotlight at times and an even more relatable Goro. Heck, even Ryo's presence has been improved. I'm very excited to see how they adapt Shenmue 2's Ren and Joy.
1: Good stuff. Next, we've got Tom Boss who says, It's easily the best episode so far, and a 9.5 out of 10 for me. A lot of the changes so far have been very hit and miss, but all of the big ones around this episode landed just perfectly, giving Garo a bit of a backstory to explain why he's helping Ryo was a nice touch, as too was having the Zomi land herself in trouble rather than the Mad Angels seek her out, which I don't think would have worked, given how quickly they breezed through Ryo's time working at the harbour. Yeah, I know what he means there, like... He didn't do enough to antagonise them. Yeah. I also like how Mark gradually warmed to Ryo as he got to know more about him, even if it was a little weird to see him acting like a total douche. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) You can see that point as well. I can see some fans being annoyed with how much the story was cut out, but I can't say I'm all that bothered. It's now looking like the next episode will be the last one to take place in Japan, which leaves eight episodes for Shenmue 2. Given how much more there is to get through in the sequel, I expect they'll need every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And uh, yeah, he called that, didn't he? Ending in Japan.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, I think we all called that one. In, in fairness, with, with with the episode we've obviously just talked about. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, it's a lot to get through in Shenmue too. The last one we've got here is from Landy Sama. He says many thoughts have been through my head while watching this. I think this is the strongest episode yet. The additional scenes that we saw that weren't in the game do wonders to flesh things out particularly the parts with Goro, Mai and Nozomi in a way that I felt could really pull in a viewer who hasn't played the games. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's fair. As for the pacing, it's definitely condensed quite a lot into the last half of the episode, but our point of reference is a 15-hour game that stretched out to cover one chapter of a 10-plus chapter story. Valid. Obviously, we were the target audience for a game like Shenmue 1. It is perfect in our eyes, but I've always believed that condensing it would have retained more players. Yeah, and that's One of the major criticisms of Shenmue 1 is is its pacing, and that's I can see where they're going with that. The team behind this anime could totally make a compelling 12-episode series that focused just on Shenmue 1, and as fans, we would gobble that up. But the reality is they are covering both games this season, so the pacing makes sense. I'm hoping they're able to take more time with Shenmue 3 and beyond and tell the remaining story in a way that doesn't feel rushed. Two more seasons seems ideal, but I'm getting a little too far ahead of myself. This episode even gave me the urge to pop in Shenmue 1 to Tomorrow for my first playthrough since its PS4 release. I have not even considered it since Shenmue 3, to be honest. Some of the cinematography aspect from the games I felt the anime was lacking was present in episode 4. Sweeping shots of uh, Yokosuka, the music, especially the main theme remix at the end, while Ryo and Guizang were fighting. I haven't re-watched any episode yet, but I think I might now. I am stoked on where this adaptation is heading.
1: Spot on. and yeah i mean a few people have mentioned about Shenmue the movie like comprising the first game in like an hour and a half and the anime has actually done more than that if you add up, it has, if you add up yeah. the 20 minutes or so in five episodes that's like two hours i guess
0: yeah um, around two hours so they've
1: added a little bit more it still felt really fast-paced and aren't, aren't it really um c- considering that as well but I think eight episodes, again, they're going to have to squeeze a lot within those episodes, but I feel like it's it's Ooh, doable, yeah. actually, with eight, with eight. I think it's doable.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to cut a lot of fluff. And, and I've said this at the top of the stream, um, and I said this at the top of the, this podcast as well. I think there are going to be elements of people who will like what they cut out like what they put in don't like what they cut don't like what they put in but i think it's going to be a common theme here they will cut out what isn't essential to the story so the things that we may like as in the games that would be nice i think may go but they're going to have to hone in really really hard on the story here there are certain things that we yeah we want in in shenmi 2 like Zhuing's arc is really important the wood's really important just as two examples um but I'm really intrigued to see how they're going to play this, and Shenmue Me too. I think we we are in for an absolute treat based on first five episodes. And if they live up to those first five episodes, we we are going to get one hell of a season of anime that I really think deserves a second season. It really does. And just give me the merch, give me the Blu-rays, give me the soundtrack, and I'm ready.
1: <laughs> Definitely, man. And I don't think from what they have done has like compromised any of the narrative. I mean, the stuff that they've skipped over is like kind of like stuff that they didn't need to do anyway or isn't yeah. isn't important you know in the narrative moving forward so um hopefully that's kind of stays true in Shamu too, and they don't skip anything of a like a major plot point which I, I mm. can't see them doing to be honest the way that they, they're taking this anime they're taking it very seriously and uh, yeah I'm, I'm really pleased that after those five episodes of japan i'm i'm actually really pleased with what we got
0: yeah same absolutely
1: so that's going to wrap up the show nicely now guys so if you do want to leave any of your own comments there that we're going to read out this time next week do so over on the shaman dojo forums reply to the episode five topic for Mm -hmm. equal and uh, we'll skim through some of them and try and pick out some of the the notable ones there that we uh, want to include in next week's show But we're going to end with another piece of music. This is A Mesmerising Knife from Shemo3's OST. Enjoy that, guys, and we'll see you again this time next week.
0: See you later.